Well, all right, gentlemen, here we are for yet another episode of You Should Check This Out. I'm talking first this time, and, and it has a little bit to do with, with punk. And the other podcast that I work for, um, they've been having a week about punk music and the replacements and stuff like that. So I've, I've got a lot of punk on my mind. But I'm not a huge right. punk, punk fan, as, as you guys know. So th- mm-hmm. about as close as I get is the Ramones. It was written for the movie Pet Cemetery, the Stephen King movie. Have you guys ever... Are you guys familiar with this song at all? Actually, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever no. heard this one, but I'm a, I'm a Ramones fan for sure. This is a fantastic song. This is a later track. Uh, I think it's from 1989, and you know, there's a whole story behind this thing, but I, I won't bore you with that. But apparently it was written in about 30 minutes. Stephen King loved it, but the producers didn't, so they had to put it at the very end of the movie. So you, you'd only hear it. That's most of Stephen King's movies. Yeah. <laughs> you'd only hear it if you, <laughs> if you watch the end credits. But uh, I can almost guarantee you it'll get stuck in your head. So here we go. Let's do it. Under the outdoor with the steamboats, ancient goblins and wild lows. Come at the ground like making a sound. The smell of death is all around. And at night when the cold wind blows, no one cares. There you go, Pet Cemetery. But uh, where did you dredge that up? I think I found it. It was on a, like a compilation Halloween CD or something like that. Wow. <laughs> okay. One of those things, like the you know five versions of the Monster Mash, and then that was like the mo- Monster right. Mash, yeah, yeah stuck exactly. on the end of it. And it's just like just going through your holiday records and yeah. came across that one. Such a great song. I love that. <laughs> it's baby. <laughs> in the <pet> cemetery. <laughs> I love it. Hey, oh, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't. It's like the least punk I've ever heard the Ramones, though. That's like. Uh, definitely, definitely. It's like the poppiest fucking song I've ever heard in my life. It's funny, yeah. too, because it was very produced because it was going to be on this, this movie soundtrack. And apparently, there's like an arpeggio guitar part in the background. There's actually keyboards on it, too, which is really strange. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not typical of Ramones. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) I don't remember the keyboard player. They were having trouble, like, playing the arpeggio parts, because that's just not something you do Uh, on a Ramones song. Right. Well, they're good at at a few things. I don't know if arpeggios are necessarily one of them. But, yeah, so uh, welcome to Sunday edition of You Should Check It Out. Uh, My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And Greg over here, baby. <laughs> Star of the stage and screen now, Greg. Mm. Um, Hollywood. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. you know, so if this whole podcasting thing doesn't work out, Greg's going to be an actor now. Yes. But, you know, this is kind of, you know, this kind of plays right into it, you know. It's like I'm actually trying to get into voiceover work now, you perfect. know. So this is kind of like a whole—it's all connected, bro. Perfect, perfect. I love it's all it. part of my master plan. Right. Yeah. Threads just being woven together, mm-hmm. making the tapestry uh-huh. woven. Life yep. As we, as I'm, just we, we, I'm just weaving. I'm just weaving a built a big old quilt over here. <laughs> it's baby. gonna be a lovely doily. <laughs> mm. <laughs> lovely doily. 
Well, uh, I wanted to start with the punk stuff, it, even though that's the least punk song that I could think of. But um, I saw this article from one of one of my heroes, uh, Henry Rollins, um, used to be lead singer of Black Flag. But you know, I think for guys our age, we kind of knew him as the guy that was in the Henry Rollins band, mm-hmm. and also just vocal that amazing spoken word vocal <laughs> loudmouth. You know, I remember you and I, Nick, just downloading everything that we could find from him mm-hmm. uh, his spoken word stuff not his his music. rants yeah yeah just just him ranting about shit from napster you know around 2000 or so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think for guys like us we we kind of know him as as that but he resurfaces every once in a while i think he has a couple i think he has a podcast of his own and a radio show well he has a radio show out here oh yeah in la yeah you've heard it before on sunday nights yes i have and he plays like obscure punk records oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. dope. Yeah. We had a great interview in the Daily Beast last week, and he, he talked about a lot of stuff. You know, the guy was immediately trying to get him to talk about Trump. I thought it was really interesting because he approached it in such an interesting way and in such a different way. You know, as, as Henry Wallens is want to do, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, he, he immediately says that, you know, Trump is almost virtually guaranteed, you know, of four more years, which ironically is the, the clickbait that got me to this article, <laughs> you know, from mm-hmm. the Huffington Post, because I wanted to see why Henry Rollins would say that. But, you know, of course, whenever you get into the context of the whole thing, he really talks more about how young people are going to re- be reacting to Trump. And I think he's spot on. I think he's so spot on and, and so so clever and so prescient the way that he's thinking about the way that young people are thinking about what us old people now are doing. Mm-hmm. So the guy, the Daily Beast reporter asks him, so is Trump just the natural evolution of the modern Republican Party brand? And Henry's response is, is just brilliant. Some people in this country have been thirsting for a corny pseudo-populist like Reagan since those days, and now they've got it. Trump's president now, and I think he's very likely to get a second term. But I think it's going to blow up in their faces, because what's happening now is young people are saying, oh, part of my job today besides being a gorgeous 17-year-old young person, is, is to not hate gay people, is to not be racist, is to not call someone a fag or call someone a bitch. I'm not going to be misogynist like my weird uncle who spouts off at Thanksgiving dinner. Like, that's one of my jobs, is to not repeat this. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was such a clever slant on it. And, and Take you know, if, if you think about to whenever we were 17, eight year, 18 years old, you know, it was whenever George Bush was entering office and our political leanings at the time were pretty clear and i i think he's but different. i think he's spot on you know we, he's looking at people that were our age now and saying like what the hell did you do you know what mm-hmm. how did you let this happen well i'm not gonna let this happen but i just thought it was a, a pretty clever take from a pretty clever guy yeah yeah and it really boils down to like where what's the next generation going to rebel against right because mm-hmm. that's really what that boils down to is like what is going to be the punk rock thing and yeah, and I like the little quote that was in I don't I don't know where within the long Daily Beast, but the one that was in the Huff Post about like, oh that's Cedric, we voted him the prong queen. Teachers are so mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that was like a great just like Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that like that's the essence of punk now. It's just like how ticked off the teachers are that we voted Cedric exactly. prong queen. It's a different yeah. time and I think what you're gonna see yeah. is not necessarily, you know, rock against Reagan or or, Vo- or Bush or get out the vote concerts right. as much as you're gonna see quote our our prom queen this year is my friend cedric and he got a unanimous vote and the teachers are so pissed and that's what's gonna Mm -hmm. that to me is 2019 punk Punk, rock punk rock in 2019 (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
yeah, I, I, I boiled it down so clear, so clearly into a Henry Rollins soundbite that has its poignancy, but also the middle finger thrust in your direction. I, I would, I would maybe argue that uh, part of the part of what makes something like punk so special is just the intensity of like the actual local scenes like coming together, like mm-hmm. you know, punk shows where like people would like pack like a church or like a house party yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that happening as much anymore because uh, of the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like they, those people have like grouped together, but they're still together, but they're not like in a room. Right. They're I- online, you know? And so I feel like the impact of something like, like punk, I mean, we've all seen probably like, you know, footage and, you know, been to, to different shows and like hardcore and different things like that. If you look up Fugazi in like 1990. Sure. You know, or mm-hmm. um, you, you just see these kinds of shows that are like practically c- complete chaos, yeah. you know. And I just don't even think there's just too many rules now yeah. for that to happen. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder I mean, where that, that that energy's going to go to. Right. You know. Yeah. But I mean, it, part of that is our that's our perception of what it means to be connected. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these generations that are growing up online, their definition of connecting with each other that's true. and the safe spaces that they find that's different than ours right. so that's true so that's yeah. probably that same better thing or is happening somewhere yeah. else in some it, other and context. to them it's like there's like these safe spaces online where they can talk to people that right. that are also going through things that they're going through in school and it gives them yeah. so i think i mean it's it's every generation you know it's yeah. we did it this way in our days yeah. and and it's, right. it's ch- everything's changed so if, much if but we I knew mean, what they were everybody finds if we way. knew yeah. what was punk now it wouldn't be punk it wouldn't be right. punk, right? Yeah, of course. Cause, That's yeah. true. Yes. Fair enough. So, we can't subvert it. We're 30. Exactly. 30 we're, the, we're the old guard now, guys, I'm afraid. Speaking of uh, the old guard slash the new guard. Uh, How does this tie into me? I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to work out this whole uh, this whole segue the Segways. Thing. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. I'm a new convert. Nick has been a convert. Greg, I'm not sure if you are, but Bon Iver just came out with a new album uh, just last That's week. That's my pick for this week. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Nick, take it away, man. Yeah. Greg, I, I, Greg, I'm curious. Like, what are you, because we've never gotten into it. I've only ever looked at facial expressions when I've mentioned them. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this whole Bon Iver thing? What, what, what's my face telling you right now? Uh, <laughs> do I have to answer that question? <laughs> what's the name of his record that came out? When everybody kind of found out about him, the one he did in the cabin all alone. Forever, forever ago. Yeah, forever, forever ago was the first one that Where broke like out, and then about, like, the I could see for miles. I could see for miles or something like I could see for miles, miles, miles. Whatever. I'm sorry. The point is, it, it's all. I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> I know it's this, good. It's. I it, know it, the the Who song. I can see for miles and miles. Yeah, <laughs> that's, all I could, that's what I thought you were. I that's know. all I could get. Holocene. That's Holocene. That's, okay, that's so that's, that's that was the second album. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I like it. It's not really, I, mean, I feel like there's a time and a place, you know, like if I was driving and, and had that on, I'd probably change it, okay. you know, but if I, but, but if I was like, you know, you know, in a cabin with a fire and like a, you know, <laughs> sure. time and a place, time and a place, but I like it. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. the way that I came yeah. to it too, Greg, honestly, until we've, we talked about this before, but the uh, NPR concert that Nick shared with me that we actually did a whole podcast episode on. That really turned me around on this guy. And was it like a tiny desk or no, no, it was a full fledged concert. It, oh, full put on in okay, Brooklyn gotcha. somewhere. It was just kind of one off. Yeah, the songs have much more life live, um, which I don't even think I realized. I, I think I internalized them so much, but something about something about his music has just always just kind of grabbed me. The new album is 
man, it's getting some critical acclaim. Uh, of course. It, the first listen, the first listen, I was like, this is a lot more accessible than than his previous album, the Twenty Two Million. Yeah. And so, which I don't think is a bad thing. Like, I, there's there's definitely been some parts, but as I've listened to it more and more, I I, I definitely I really enjoy it. So, I did wanna. I did want to go ahead and make this my pick for the week because I really do. I, I think the guy's got, he's got a, a maturity and musical vision that I just really connect with. Um, Crank it up, fuckers. Sure. Why, don't you, why don't you play that clip real quick? Sure, sure. This is uh, the song Naeem. I think it's track seven. All around me, I can't hear it. There's a, I really like that that particular song. Actually, honestly, like all of them, there's something to me that's always reminded me of Peter Gabriel about him. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think the thing that I really like is that early on he had this like whole guy alone in a cabin who writes like some sad songs about a breakup. Yeah. But he, but as as he kind of was embraced by like the musical community, rather than kind of turn inward or or be a douche about it, or he's really kind of found his own way to embrace that and include like this latest album he's got a lot of other artists on including of course bruce hornsby who plays everywhere um you know first listen there wasn't one specific track that grabbed me like the previous two albums but i I do really like it and i i just want to follow this guy and see where he's going because i really think he's 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 got some stuff figured out I was gonna say uh, the song that I had that I mentioned earlier is called Holocene. Holocene, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the one that I like that I remembered from the second album, right? Yeah, right. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I, I was anyway. really really excited about this album coming out, and I I've listened to it twice through in different contexts, and I'm still still wrapping my head around it. I think it's good. I like it. Uh, there mm-hmm. are parts that I really really dig, like that section. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the single too, Hey Ma. I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting. There are some parts that I know, Nick, that when you were first saying it to me and what, what you thought, your yeah. one of your first comments was it seems like he was going for more of mainstream sound. And accessible. Yeah, maybe. more accessible. And I think that's totally true. I, and there are some parts that I don't think work as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but this, I think it's going to be one of those albums that it takes a while to, to, to really sink in. And there was definitely some really good ear candy on it. That's where I've come around to, because I, I was like, I need to listen to this a couple more times to see if I'm if I'm having real issues with the attempt to be accessible or if it's wearing on me. There, there are other parts in the album where it's really, it feels like a Sigur Ross song. Um, yeah. And, and, you yeah, know what I mean? I do, and, I do. I, there were some parts, especially early on, it didn't seem to be as good of a fit. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed like he was kind of dumbing it down a little bit. 
but yeah yeah I, I can i can see that as a as a fair as a fair point but i also am glad to see he's trying yeah. to grow and and not like locking down to being the weird one and then it's not some like repurposed version of his previous album so absolutely so very much different than our tool assessment where <laughs> we we want tool to be tool <laughs> totally cool with um, them just doing that over I'm and fine over with Justin, Justin Vernon like figuring something out new each time, so we'll see. We'll see where yeah. it goes from here. Yeah, but and I can't wait. We haven't heard the tool. We haven't heard the tool record yet, though. Not we just yet. Heard just the that single. first song. Yep. You know, and well, apparently, heard, and apparently, it's a monster. We've heard like an eighth of it because it's <laughs> the first yeah, song. That's is, true. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. By the way, they have all the top ten songs on iTunes right now are Tool songs. Sweet. And yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's like they accidentally like did this brilliant marketing strategy. You know? Well, actually, you know what? That brings up a point, which is that, that the Bon Iver album wasn't supposed to come up and come out until August 30th. Yeah. I'm still waiting to find out what the heck. Here's my guess. They they, they had a, an idea for, a, for listening parties that were going to happen all around the world where they would have people go to specific locations and they were going to open up the album for them to listen to in a group context. My guess is they couldn't figure out how to do that technically without <laughs> just releasing the damn thing. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it wasn't supposed to come out until the end of the month, and then all of a sudden, the day that the stream listening parties were occurring, they went ahead and just released it on all streaming services. So funny how the industry has kind of adapted. Finally. It, I think they're still trying to find their way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, we all remember the time whenever new albums came out on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when albums came out. Right. You know, period. Yeah. yeah. And then at some point in the last few years, it's shifted to Fridays. Fridays is going to be new, when good new music hits. And now it's just like whenever. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right. I think they probably said, well, we had this target date, but who really fucking cares? Right, I mean, especially <laughs> if it's causing problems with a listening party, whatever, let's just release well, it. And and then, you know, pretty sure Radiohead did it, and then Beyonce, mm-hmm. where they would just like all of a sudden be like, hey, guess what? Good morning. There's a new right. Radiohead album out. And be like, exactly. what? Like, yeah, and then, you exactly. know, just kind of get, every, you have to get everyone talking about it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that yeah. um, the Tuesday thing was maybe more a result of, distributing actual mer- you know physical copies into the stores and like how that right. you know the di- all, the distribution, all of their, all of the, the distribution logistics yeah exactly and i remember i used to work in sam goody and we said you know monday nights were a big night because you had to like yeah, get the big display for like the the new you know <laughs> right but i i have a uh, suspicion though that bon Iver was like wait a minute guys the new tool album's coming out on august 30th and we're gonna get buried <laughs> if you don't fucking release this shit now <laughs> <laughs> could be could be what happened yeah i mean you know there's just they're sharing the same market you know frustrated 40 year olds you know <laughs> that's right <laughs> well speaking of frustrated yeah, that's a good segue olds, there you go uh kanye west um greg yes what's going on with kanye? I, I don't even know where to go from this what's, ha- just, what's happening talk, here talk greg all right well i mean i don't know what's happening all i know is that as you may have heard for several months now, including at Coachella a few months ago, Kanye's latest exploits are, you know, include this church service that he's putting together so I, every Sunday. I saw him with David Letterman. He took oh, yeah. to the church service. Do you see that on his I have David I have not Letterman's seen that. Netflix I would like show? to, though, on the I, Netflix I, show. When we were talking about this earlier, I recalled Letterman's just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that <laughs> seems like it'd be perfectly awkward. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it was beautiful. He gets uh, he gets different people together, and they it looks like the polyphonic spree or something. You know, yeah, they're like, it's they're like, like, like out on a hill. Yeah, they're out in like fields out in California, and they it's, it changes. It's like a secret location, I think, every week. Um, and I and I've actually gotten to interact with a couple of the of musicians because he's always changing the. He, he has musicians that come, and he's constantly changing it, and it's very last minute. And some some of the 
guys I know out here in um, in the scene in L.A. will get calls to do the Kanye church service, but it's like very last minute and it's really intense, you know, and like the, you know, the night before you're getting, or even like, even like an hour before you're supposed to come or they'd like you to come, they let you know. And then you have just, you just have to go and it's Kanye. So nobody says no. Mm-hmm. And right. anyway, I right. just thought, I just thought this is so crazy. I mean, it's, well, it's not necessarily crazy, but it's unusual. I just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were on it. Well, I mean, I mean, you know he's doing it for publicity on some level. But if he's getting something out of it and he's getting other people interested in, you know, feeling something spiritual or emotional through music, that's cool. I'm down right. with that. You know, right. um, better than him showing up at the White House. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, again, I'm, I'm coming from it at this in a, from a place of just observation. Mm-hmm. I, have no, I have no criticism of it, you know. Uh, but I just wanted to know what your thoughts. Nick, what are your thoughts on it? I feel like Kanye is going through a very, um, a very personal journey, very publicly, and we're all kind of dialed into it because of the accessibility we have to to celebrities in this day and age. At times, I feel like he really just needs to kind of go off the radar for a little bit and and do some some searching. But that's a pretty that's a pretty judgmental opinion to have. So I, I don't know. I, you know, it, it seems like it seems like he throws ten things out there. One of them are brilliant. Mm. Eight of them are offensive, and the other one's just a bad idea. Um, <laughs> that could be a description for our podcast too. Though. It's yeah, sure, sure. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody, but but the church service thing, you know, I think it comes from the right place. I think he's trying to bring people together. I think the the idea with the secrecy is like he doesn't want it to be a media spectacle. Of course, it is because it's Kanye. You know, obviously, then it gets into the way that musicians that he brings on are treated, and you know, that he he's a tough guy to work for, but kind of the the artists that we've respected the most have been the hardest on their band you know what i mean like zappa was was a nightmare from a from like a band leader standpoint as far as tolerating anything other than 100 percent perfection so Uh i hope it's i hope it's giving him something that he's get i hope he's getting out of it what he's looking to get out of it and i don't know i want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because I, i really feel like he's got a lot of a lot of stuff he's trying to find and I hope he's got enough people around him that are just honest with him about stuff and it seems like he has been I know I think that's the problem I think there's not enough people who are honest around him yeah if you watch that Letterman interview it's fascinating hmm. from the reaction whenever Letterman you know because he doesn't say to the audience who it's going to be who they're going to see on stage mm-hmm. before you know the, he, he before they walk on and stage. that would so that it's, is probably it's the last person they expect yeah exactly and everyone's just like uh, David Letterman. Oh God! Oh, I got a clap. Oh God! I don't know how to react to this guy. No one knows how to react to him anymore. I thought it was gonna you know? be Tyler the Creator. They're gonna right. like, make up or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fascinating. You know, you just don't see too many characters like that in the public sphere these days. And he, I don't think he's figuring it out too. You know, I don't think that he was expecting the backlash from some things that he's gotten, and and vice versa. Mm, that's so that's I think very he's definitely true. trying to figure it out, but I don't think that he has good guidance. I don't think he has mentors. I don't think he has people. There's just say, no one, nobody in his life that, who is on the same kind of tier, yeah. you, right? You know that that's that's the way it seems. You know, yeah. at least to, so no one that can he he 
will be able to actually bounce these ideas off of. He just goes right. along, and that's th- that. I think is part of his essence. He's like, I got an idea. I'm gonna do it. Right. And you he, know, and he can do it because he and has he can. The yeah, and it's and it's not. He's, he's not the only person who's like that. I think there's actually no, not like at a, all. But a, there know, is an element to him of like the the misunderstood genius that he just hold like that is so core to his identity. That so bad. He that's so that core so to his identity. But I think that actually becomes. Uh, like a mental technique of saying they just don't get it a lot right. of times like that, right. that oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. he's this you know prolific genius that nobody understands and yeah you just you kind of just want like a you just need a good friend there to bitch slap you every so often just to mm-hmm. be like dude no 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 you're being a total douche right now yeah, um, yeah. but uh, it's gonna be an interesting journey no matter where it goes i think it's gonna be fascinating to see what hmm. where he ends up and the music yeah. has still been good Honestly, yeah absolutely i still like enjoy what he's been putting out when he actually puts something out for real Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I mean that was fascinating. I didn't know that we could fill fifteen minutes of time on Kanye, but I could easily do a, an hour on <laughs> talking about the mystery that is Kanye. Mm-hmm. But Greg, I think you also wanted earlier this week we were talking about you might want to follow up on our discussion from the prior week about artists getting sued. Yes, and you had something interesting about Lady Gaga. What what happened there? Well, I can't say I know too many details, but I, 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 it was more of, you know, a headline that I saw and it made me think of last week's uh, podcast that we did. She was sued for you, Shallow, the song from A Star Is Born. Okay. And right. so it sounds basically like the Katy Perry copyright case mm-hmm. is opening a door, you know, like like we were saying before, for this thing to continue happening. And, Somebody um, had, had sued for because the song sounds reminiscent, yes. or there's a phrase in it that sounds reminiscent. But then since then, Nick, well, did you say you so found the? I, I was trying to find the only one that I had seen when I went because there's been past lawsuits. But aside from kind of these media outlets that I haven't heard of mentioning this specific story, there was a Forbes article, and when you go to it now. It has like a pop-up that after review, this post has been removed for failing to meet our editorial standards. And that was the only hmm. like reputable news outlet that I could find that was talking about it. So they had the story and then they retracted it. Which, That's... who knows why? I, I actually, yeah. I'm sure they, they actually might even talk about what's what updates have occurred that make, made them post that as like a pop-up over top the entire article. Yeah. But look at, I mean, any, I just, I think you'd be hard pressed to not, if you had enough time and energy to go onto SoundCloud you could pretty much find any hook from a song yeah. in somebody's I, somebody's yeah. music on there. Like it's. I have an idea, guys. What's uh, that? There's this Bon Iver song. I can't remember the name of it, but it sounds exactly like I can see for miles and miles. By the okay, way. the Who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Now we well, could sue for just just like emotional damage. Well, no, that, I right? was going to say Greg probably knows Roger Dolce, right? Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, we stayed so in the same hotel. So you can get in touch with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, Excellent. He gets back. He gets back next weekend. Good. Yeah. Get that uh, ball moving. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. It's. I mean, I think we sort of left it last week. That where, you know, the Katy Perry case. We all kind of agreed that it's. You know, it's a shame. You know that she lost that case. But on the other hand, it it, it is like I, there is a clear. I mean, to my ear, in that in that Katy Perry case it did seem like well this is coming from the same well but and the it, point I, I, I don't yeah but it, i don't I, I doubt that she was like oh you know what we should do let's steal this you right know? well that, it, that, and that that's the question like, that's the question though doesn't there need to have been you need to have heard intent you, there needs to be intent to yes 
Right. I mean, that's, you can't, you can come, I mean, there's only so many notes on a keyboard and you can only put them together in so many ways. You're going to record, you're going to be playing something that somebody else has come up with this riff. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and you can't, and, and there were, there's been interesting discussions about how it copyright used to be, you know, the chart, like the actual, the actual music. Right. Um, Right. But, but that's so problematic because that's really just the outline of the song that has nothing to do with like the nuance right. of how it was recorded, the instrumentation that was used, and and this gets right to the instrumentation. I think it was taking more issue with putting that hand in the hands of a jury, uh, of a jury trial, where it's entirely the feeling as to whether or not, hey, this right. this starving artist, you know, should get a cut. It's not going to hurt anybody for them to give a cut of three million dollars to right. some starving artist, and but that's beside the point. Like you, that's that's what I was saying is you could take any top song out right now and find elements of that song in somebody's SoundCloud. Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. could. So if you take enough time, and if that's if that's what makes the lawsuit valid, then we have a real problem. Yeah, yeah I, uh, you're right. It's going to be interesting to see how how this all plays out because it's not going to be the end of it. A um, real dangerous precedent, <laughs> I think. Yeah, totally. So, yep. uh, thank you, gentlemen. I yes, think we got to the bottom of some things. We talked Kanye. We talked Boney there. We talked we about said it all. Rollins. We, we said really it all. We kind of said it all. We said it um, all. Greg, I think you got the outro music this week. Uh, oh, yeah. well, what you got? Uh, this is um, a version of Gigi Grice's jazz standard minority. Which I'm not familiar with Gigi Grice. My yeah, husband. I think he's kind of a unsung hero composer from probably the um, the fifties. I'm gonna say, okay. um, but yeah. I've always liked this tune. I've always liked this tune a lot. Um, it's covered by a lot of people, like Bill Evans and Pat Martino. And Pat Martino's version is like I, I heard it in high school, and it's pretty burning. But um, this is a more mellow version with Clifford Brown, who's like one of the greatest jazz trumpeters who ever lived. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Right Check it it's out. called Minority. And uh, gentlemen, I will talk to you all next week. Have a great week, guys. Peace. Thank you. been listening to you should check it out come back each week for new episodes check us out on facebook twitter and instagram at check it pod uh, send us love letters at mail at check it pod and for show recaps links to the songs and articles discussed on the show and lots of other time wasteable stuff cyber surf on over to our site at www.checkitpod.com tell your friends about us and don't forget to call your mother <laughs>